mean, there's five manners of death. There's natural, accident, suicide, undetermined, and homicide. That's Heather. She's been a registered nurse for nine years. She's worked in general nursing, surgery, and hospice. But over the last three years, Heather's been a death investigator. Basically, we're evidence gatherers. So we find out all of the circumstances that led up to that person being brought to the hospital. Today, on Dead to Me, Heather and I talk about death investigation. Death investigation, to me, was something that happened in Cabot Cove and was conducted by Jessica Fletcher or DCI Barnaby at the scene of yet another murder in midsummer. But there's actually systems in place, and according to the Centers for Disease Control, there's a few different categories, and each state maintains autonomy when deciding what kind of system they have and who presides at a death scene. There's systems of medical examiners that are centralized or county-based. There's even coroner systems where people without any medical training whatsoever serve as coroners. So it's confusing, and not just to lay people, but to the people that do the investigations themselves. Here's Heather. It's so inconsistent. Like, I've met coroners, like, at um, death investigation conferences, but, I like, I don't understand a lot about their system because our system is entirely different. And in some states, like, like ours, like Iowa has, the medical examiner system where each county has its own medical examiner who is a physician. So if you're like me, you just naturally assume that medical examiners are physicians or pathologists, but different systems. And then you have states with mixed. So mixed systems. Okay. So Heather's going to try to sort of parse that out. In big areas of population, you have like a medical examiner jurisdiction, and then you might in remote areas have like coroners. And so um, that's, but that's a distinction, right? So medical yeah. examiner is way different than what a coroner is. And, right. it, or it can be. Yeah, and some people call them, I mean, some people's titles are medical examiner coroner. Like, I, I, it all just depends on what the state laws say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, and I, it's all... I mean, honestly, very confusing to me because I, I'm like, well, our system, I mean, makes so much sense to me. It's mm-hmm. like, why, yeah. why would, why, why would it not all be that way? Because medical people, especially doctors, like especially forensic pathologists, should, I mean, they ultimately determine the cause and manner of death. So, because mm-hmm. of their training and education, sure. Not that they can't be wrong sometimes, but. It's it's so fucked up, Andy. Like I like I'm in just as much disbelief as you when I read about these things where it's like, oh, this guy was clearly shot by someone else, mm-hmm. or it's suspicious, mm-hmm. and then a, a sheriff's like, well, I know the guy that shot him, so I'm going right. to we're going to call this an accident. So indeed, it is fucked up, and the situation she was talking about there, where. A sheriff knows the guy, decides to write it off as an accident. That isn't something that is specific to Iowa. We were actually talking about a case in California, and I'll post some links to that if you would like to look into that. 
So I want to bring you back to Iowa and Iowa's system, which is a medical examiner system. The medical examiner is appointed by a county board of supervisors for a two-year term. Then the medical examiner can hire her deputies or whoever she needs, including medical examiner investigators like Heather. So she's going to tell you how her county works. I mean, our county is unique because we have a university in mm -hmm. our county, and then we have um, a county medical examiner who is a forensic pathologist, a board-certified FP, and then um, we have two deputy uh, medical examiners, which are also board-certified forensic pathologists. So that's unusual in Iowa, but each county has their own medical examiner, which has to be a licensed physician, from my understanding. So they have the ultimate authority to determine the cause and manner of death. So how um, a medical examiner case is determined is by any death that is sudden and unexpected or any death that's related to trauma. So yeah, my job is basically not to make judgments or anything. I just gather as much information as possible as I can. And then I write up a report that, you know, basically like a narrative summary of everything that occurred mm -hmm. and like all their health history. And then I, I do an external exam of like we call them decedents. I do an external exam and I take like systematic photographs and I document any trauma or absence of trauma. So for whatever reason, I couldn't figure out what absence of trauma was. So Heather gave me an example of exactly what that means. You know, let's say in a car crash and you have a seatbelt and there's tip, there can be, not always, but there can be like a definite linear mm. like set of abrasions that would indicate that they may have had a seatbelt on. Um, mm -hmm. So like, like that would be showing trauma, but like an absence of trauma would like in this case, the combine had no seatbelt mm -hmm. and they had like, let's say no bruising on, on their abdomen. I should clarify, like it's not my job to determine what kind of injuries they are. It's just like, I just see one. Yeah. Like I take a photo of it and then I take a photo with a scale mm -hmm. and um, then I like all that goes, we have our like a system that each case file goes into a computerized system and then that um, forensic pathologists are able to access that and use that in their determination of cause and manner of death. That's what happens when somebody's in the hospital, right? So Correct. the call comes Correct. in, the um, decedent is transported to the morgue, then one of the death investigators gets called in to do the work that you just described. Yes. So of course not all deaths happen within the hospital walls. So Heather's going to talk about what she does when there's a death in the community. We call them scene deaths. Uh, if someone dies in the community, you know, typically if, if uh, 911 is called or a call will come in for like a welfare check on a person. So uh, EMS might respond, like paramedics, law enforcement might respond, and fire, the fire department might respond. And so... Um, you know, whoever responds, they get to the person's house. However, the person is declared dead. Um, you know, the person might be in an obvious state of death, so EMS might not even respond. Um, so what would happen then is law enforcement 
would call the emergency communications center for our county and request that the medical examiner be paged. Mm-hmm. So then we have a our phone as our pager. Yeah, so it's we'll, not it's not something giant that you wear on your fanny pack. No, no, it's just a cell phone. <laughs> so we'll get a page through the the communication center asking us to call them back, and then they connect us with the law enforcement officer or the detective on the scene, and then we'll kind of gather what information is currently known, and then we will respond to the scene and do a joint scene investigation with law enforcement. And, like, we'll take photographs of, I mean, the scene, mm-hmm. and then the, the decedent within the, the scene and, and interview families or next of kin, um, either if they're on site or, I mean, a lot, especially now during covid a lot of things are done by phone. I mean, we still respond to scenes, but, um, you know, I sometimes at a scene, I'll talk to family on scene. With mm-hmm. COVID, I probably will just give them a phone call, like tell them I will explain why I'm there and then call them later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just the same, the same process, like finding out the circumstances of what the person, how they were feeling, you know, like, did they have a history of drug use? Did they have any recent illnesses, falls? I and mean, I'm trying to, like, gather as much information upon all the manners of death and to provide that to the medical examiner. And then I also ask law enforcement, too, like, do you have any concerns for anything suspicious? Or do you have a history of calls to this residence for, you know, domestic violence? Or, you know, I'm just throwing out examples. Sure. But yeah, so we'll do that. We'll also, um, with all deaths, we'll request reports from everybody. So medical records, um, law enforcement reports, EMS run reports, all of that. And that will all go in our file to you and to the medical examiner so they can look at all all of that. Yeah. So what would be your like, like, do you wear a jumpsuit? What's going on? What do you walk out with? Like for protective gear? I I wish I could wear a jumpsuit. Oh my God. God, how would you know that? I mean, even pre-COVID, right? Anyway, yeah. Exactly. And so the thing that we're also fortunate about is that we have access, our particular jurisdiction has access to the uh, medical records, to the university's medical records. So Mm -hmm. um, we can do like a brief, like what's their history? So a lot of times if someone has a known infectious disease, it'll be flagged. Sure. But that's not always the case. And sometimes people aren't in the system. So mm-hmm. you always act as if, I mean, normal PPE precautions. So always gloves, um, whatever footwear is needed. So I have lots of various steel-toed footwear mm-hmm. um, that I wear. And so then, uh, so that's basically what I will show up to the scene in. And then I uh, always gloves, um, like face, like a face protector, like a shield if I need it. Um, we have masks of mm-hmm. all kinds. Um, and then we have a, like personal protective gowns that we um, wear and then boot, like boot or shoe covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's my typical get up. Mm-hmm. It just also depends on, like is the person in a state of decomposition? Right. 
Right. I might wear a Tyvek suit or a full body suit in that case with a um, shield and eyewear and a mask and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just all depends on what the scene is. So those are the broad strokes of what a death investigator does, at least in Iowa and at least from Heather's perspective. So I decided to move on to something um, more pressing. I have a Golden Girls related um, trivia question. Yes. Okay. So, well, I mean, this is kind of a give gimme. So this is a warm up. Um, where is Rose Nyland from? Specifically, State Ola, oh. Minnesota. Correct. And did you know <laughs> that also Minnesota also requires coroners to have a medical license? I did not know that. Okay, good, good. You wouldn't have guessed it from Rose. But so the other, the other, my, my, my other question um, that is Golden Girls related is that it is better to be late than pregnant. Yes! Woo! 